And so I want us to read because I really want to talk about something that I think is really strategic in this journey of finding our peace again. In Philippians, the second chapter, verse five, I'm going to read one verse and it says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I want to say it one more time because it's still one of the most craziest, unbelievable verses I feel in the Bible. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. I can have Jesus's mind? I didn't even know that. Because I know the mind that I'm carrying around, it sure ain't Jesus' mind. This mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Then 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6, which is a common writing of Paul. It says, for we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, King James Version says imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. Everybody say every thought. Into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to talk to you today on the Missing Peace series with a subtitle with the question says, have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? This is where I normally pray and I'm going to do it some do it different. I heard this this week. It says I heard something this week that I thought really made sense. Anytime a sermon is preached, there's actually two sermons being preached. There's, there's the one sermon that's coming from the stage and then there's the one sermon you're preaching to yourself at the very same time. And so this is my prayer. We're going to pray together. I just need you to repeat after me. Say, Dear Father, help Kelly preach his sermon and help me preach mine. Amen. <laughs> help me preach mine. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? Many people would say, oh, I've, man, I don't even know what my mind is. Yeah, I've lost my You know, when, we get, when our kids do something crazy, that's what we usually say when we're driving down the road and we look in the back seat, we go, have you lost your mind? We, where, where is your mind? We, we've been talking about all of these different areas of our life and, and and I shared something a couple of weeks ago about the spirit and the soul and the body I gave I had a, some teenagers up here to to demonstrate and how our spirit is where all the good stuff of our life is it's where the joy the peace the long suffering the goodness patience all the stuff that we want those good that good fruit it's in our spirit there's nothing bad in our spirit. We, we understand that, that there's good stuff inside of our spirit, but our soul is where all of this, like everything is. It's where our regrets are. It's where our fear is. It's where the worry is. It's where our missing peace, whatever is robbing us of our peace, it's in our soul. And then our body's just sitting here and it's just responding to whatever we're putting out. 
If our spirit is speaking loud, then our body, we walk with a little bit more of a, of a, of a, a spring in our step because we've got purpose and joy. But if we feel like that our soul's kind of running us a little bit, then we, we kind of are, you know, we're dragging through life a little bit. Our blood pressure's up a few notches. Our heart rate is up a few notches. And we find our, bo- our body that is responding to that. But there's another element that we didn't that we didn't talk about. And that is, I need to throw in the mix today, that is our mind. Ephesians 6, Paul talks about the whole armor of God. I won't read it, but there's one thing he talks about, the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. A helmet is something that protects. And clearly our head, our mind, our brain, in the physical sense, is something that is worth being protected. Even our mind and how we process things as we go about our day, it has to be protected. Well, the good news is he says there's a helmet for you. It's the helmet of salvation, but it's not the type of salvation that determines whether you go to heaven or not. It's, it's not that type of helmet. How many knows that everybody would be walking around with that helmet? We'd all have helmets on if we thought this was my ticket to heaven, but it's not the salvation of, of I'm going to, to, to get to heaven. It's, it doesn't mean that it's the type of salvation that, that gets you there. It's, it's the, that is only accomplished by the finished work of the cross that's only accomplished accomplished by the confession of our sins and the acceptance of Jesus that is our savior that's that salvation so what is the helmet of salvation the helmet of salvation is really a salvation that saves you from you it's it's what saves you from you in our mind is the central place It's the area that we often have to save us from us. Because if you think about it, the spirit, soul, and body play play a part. But our mind kind of like covers and hovers over all of those parts. And if we don't get it right in our mind, then our spirit's never going to do what it wants and needs to do in our life and we're never going to get any peace in our soul and and our body's just going to be responding to all the chaos because we don't have our mind right and our minds control almost every aspect of our life if we choose to be happy we have to consult with our mind if if we're ready to be angry and cuss somebody out our mind gives us permission to do so if we if we choose to be a peacemaker we talked about that last week we have to consult with our mind if we choose to let the lord fight the battle we have to make our mind up that we're going to hold our peace and let the Lord fight our battle. If you decide to step out of your marriage, you know what's going to be the deciding factor? It's going to be your mind. Your mind is going to to give permission for you to act on the very thing. And and Jesus said this in Matthew 22, 37. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul and your That means your heart can be right, your soul can be right, but your mind can be wrong. Your mind can be wrong. And and we pray that God will heal our body. I've prayed that God will heal my body. You've prayed for God to heal your body. But if we don't believe it in our mind, it's hard for a miracle to manifest if we have a wrong mind. 
I've never seen God force a miracle on anybody. I've never seen God put his knee on somebody's throat and say, you're going to get this miracle. There has to be something that settles in our mind. So all of these three central parts of our life can begin to respond and get in agreement with what God is wanting to do. It's got to be in our mind. Have you lost your mind? Have you, have you lost your mind? Our mind is the source that feeds these areas of our life. I've got a sprinkler system at home, irrigation system, and what you do with it, if you have one, it's in your garage probably, and then you turn it on and it sends information to different zones of your yard. And, and so it's to keep your grass green. Hopefully it's hard to do in the season we're in right now, but it sends different signals to the various places. Our mind is much like that, that it's going to send life to areas of our life if we allow, or it's going to send negativity and doubt to areas of our life. Imagine your water, if you had the sprinkler system, and then you had a reservoir, two reservoirs, that one that had the purest of water that your grass is dying for, and the other reservoir is weed and grass killer. And you daily decide to choose what you want to put on your yard. Your mind is often like that. You are putting out something that's feeding your body, your soul, and your spirit, or you're putting out something that is killing your body, your soul, and your spirit. It's our mind. It's, it's the biggest thing. It's the, where our, the battlefield rages the most. And, and it is something that we have to be a, a part of making sure we have clarification of what God wants to do in our mind. Craig Rochelle has a quote. He says, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. That is so good. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. So how you are processing thoughts in your life is actually the compass of your life. And it's helping you decide what you're going to do with your life by your strongest thought. If your life is moving in the direction of your, of your strongest thoughts, do you like where your thoughts are taking you? Do you have fruit that is coming to your life, good fruit that is coming to your life all because you've got your thought process and your mind in the right direction? Or you, are you seeing some fruit in your life that you don't like and you're trying to blame everybody else because it's just my life is tough and it's been this and it's been that and that can't seem to. But, but we never take a time, take the time to really go, how is my mind processing this? How is my mind processing this? Because nothing changes the late, great Miles Monroe. Oh, man, I wish he was still on the earth. He says this, nothing changes until your mind changes. It doesn't matter how many prayer lines I stand in, how much oil is dripping off of my head, and how many people can prophesy good stuff in me if I can't get my mind right. It's just going to be, I'm just going to have a greasy head with oil all over it. I'm just going to have a good inspiring word that's going to make a tear run down my, my face, but it's not going to change anything until I look at how I'm processing the daily thoughts that I have. Yeah. So we have to understand that this plays a part. And then Jesus 
Paul tells us what Jesus did. He says, let this mind be in you. That's in Christ Jesus. And it just feels so lofty already. How can I have the, the mind of Christ? That seems so hard. To, I mean, it, it overwhelms me. It's like, Lord, I, do, you, do you know my mind? Are you really trying to make me believe that I can have your mind? Do you even understand what goes through my mind every day? Do you know the negativity that I sometimes fight? Do you, God, do you know that sometimes that I struggle with my mind and the worry and the stress and the doubt and the fear and the sin and all this stuff that, that we all battle with in our mind? And, and, and Paul's saying, no, you can, have, you can have Jesus' mind. I'm like, Lord Jesus. How do you get the mind of Christ? I did some little bit of research. This is probably one of the most mysterious. And we got ministers all through this church that are preachers, great preachers. And it's probably one of the hardest questions to answer. And I probably, I'm not here to tell you that I've got the answer. I just got maybe a couple of thoughts on it. Is how do we get the mind of Christ? Well, if you look at the text that leads us to verse 5. In verse 3, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Verse 8, past it, it goes, and being found in human form, talking about Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So clearly, the first thing to get the mind of Christ is humility. It's humility. It's amazing when things happen in our mind and how we process things in our mind, how much we keep other people responsible for it. I'm getting ahead of my sermon here, but let's just go with it. it, it it's amazing how we often have in our mind that we always point fingers to how we're responding to, my, to our life and what's happening. And let me just shrink it into a day. How much do when something happens to us and we have this thing that hits our mind that we know is not the mind of Christ, instead of us humbling ourselves and stopping for a moment, it's so easy to, to allow pride to rise up in us and go, no, I've got this, I'm right, and it's them. It's them. And the more you rely on your mind, the less you need his mind. Because he is not going to battle you for rights to your mind. He's waiting for you to humble yourself. He's waiting for us to get up every day and go, God, I know that I'm a wretched man without you. And I know I'm going to think some things that is completely out of your will. I'm going, to, I'm going to take on some fear that is not your will for my life. I'm going to take on some stress and some worry that is not your will for my life. And, and I'm, going to I'm going to have some reactions that is not your will for my life. So God, I need you to humble me now. I need you to humble me because I need to make sure that I'm walking humbly before you. It requires a daily sacrifice of our pride to lose our mind. It takes a daily sacrifice every day. We got to put our mind on the altar every morning, every, every morning. 
And, and when we do that, we are positioning ourselves, much like Jesus showed, that we are walking in humility. And we don't allow pride to rise up in our mind. Have you ever looked for something and you're trying to find peace in your life? And you've, have you ever looked for something that's just kind of right under your nose? It, you know, where you're going, you're carrying your cell phone around and you're going, where's my phone? Somebody see my phone? Where does kids? Kids got my phone. Mama, it's in your hand. The peace that is missing in our life, it's in our hand. And we're walking around like we can't find it. And it's all because we haven't begin to address the issue of our mind. It takes humility and it takes fight. It takes fight. I wish I could tell you today that your mind is just going to be corrected because of this sermon. Not, it's not. I, I believe in this word and I pray that it's anointed, that it can just change you and radically set you free. But I, I'm also realistic to know it's going to take some fight from you. It's going to take some fight from me because I understand that my mind is always going to be under attack. That's why 2 Corinthians, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We got to fight and we got to pull down strongholds. What are strongholds? A stronghold is a wrong pattern of thinking. It's a wrong pattern of thinking. And until we get our pattern of thinking corrected, we will always have strongholds in our mind. And so we've got to understand, we got to fight for the right pattern of thinking because we often forfeit our peace in our life because we are we have a wrong pattern of thinking but I love Jesus I love Jesus I love Jesus too but he loves you right back he loves me right back but it still doesn't replace the wrong pattern of thinking and so we've got to go God let me pull down the stronghold of wrong thinking I know this is a little bit of a leadership kind of, and I ain't trying to make it that way, but I really believe that we need to get our minds right because peace ain't coming back until we start thinking different. We got some stinking thinking. We have some stinking thinking. And so until we realize that, and we've got to make sure that we are pulling down the stronghold of wrong thinking. And then it says this, casting down imaginations or arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Do you, do you see the, the feel of this writing of Paul? It's very warlike. It, it's not nice. It's not just, it's not just getting on my knees every morning. I'm not saying you shouldn't get on your knees, but it's not cute. And if you're going to get control of your thinking, if I'm going to get control of my thinking, I can't be cute about it. 
I've got to go to war for my mind. I've got to go to war of how I'm processing thought. I've got to go to war to realize that the enemy wants, if he can win here, then he's going to win in every area of my life. I've got to fix my stinking thinking. And it says to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God refers to the examples of God, the truths of God, the commands of God that he wants us to know and wants us to believe in and he wants us to heed to. Remember the Garden of Eden? There was lots of beautiful trees and God said, all those trees are yours except for that one. And God called it the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God put a precedence in right off the bat. And it's something that it shows that the, we have to pull down the, everything that goes against the knowledge of God. We've got two reservoirs in our life. It's either going to feed our mind or it's going to pollute and poison our mind. And we've got to every day get up and choose. I get all of this stuff in my life, except for that, except for that. And so if our mind is not trained and we aren't covering our mind to stay away from that tree, then we will find ourselves always in this cycle of really bad thinking that keeps our peace always missing. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? Because I want to lose my mind. Because my mind stresses me out. My mind discourages me. My mind causes me to be up in the middle of the night worrying. My mind gets it to where I'll say things like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. I confess. I went through a period in my life where I would say something, and we'll talk about saying stuff in a minute, but I would say this, and I'm just confessing. I would say this, you're doing it wrong. I'd be in the shower. You're doing it wrong. It was so in my mind for so long. I started saying it. You're doing it wrong. I didn't even have it attached to anything. Can I be real today? Y'all look all judgy today. I need some real people that understand that in order for us to get peace in our life, we've got to lose our minds. We've got to lose our minds. And I would say you're doing it wrong. Talk to a counselor about it. It's like, why are you saying that? I don't know. I just feel like I'm doing it wrong. And I had to begin to train my mind. I love Jesus standing up here. Y'all didn't know I was at home in the shower saying that. Y'all didn't know. But I love Jesus. I put on the right garment to where it's like, oh, he's anointed. He's, he's all that. But inside my mind was feeding myself. You're doing it wrong. And I've just realized that unless I make a conscious effort to lose my mind and have the mind of Christ, 
then it's going to be something that I'm always going to battle. And it's not because I'm bad or not because you're bad or it means it doesn't have anything to do with that. It simply means that the devil is always going to fight us in our in our mind. And so we've got to make sure that we're pointing and we're we're leaning into the right tree. And not always taking from the tree that's going to continue to poison us. I'll give you an example. My supervisor at work gives me a task that I hate. And I, it's negative. I, I begin to have this negative thought, complaining thought in my head. And here's what, if you could just pause here and get this. If you're watching from home, pause here and get this. If you're watching this on Wednesday, pause this and get this. Negative thoughts immediately turn into temptations. Negative thoughts always immediately turn into a temptation. What you do next is the key whether you're feeding that mind that is not the mind of Christ, but the mind of Kelly or the mind of you. And, and so it immediately turns into temptation. If we could understand and train ourselves to anytime we have bad, negative thoughts that we have to press the brakes and go, oh, I can't, I can't lean into this because I'm going to be tempted to react on this. I'm, I'm going to be tempted to go to that my coworker and talk about the boss that just gave me a task to do that I don't want to do. And I'm going to be tempted to gossip about him or gossip about her. I'm going to be tempted to say something back to my boss because it's clearly their responsibility to, to give me a task. I'm going to be tempted to pop back to the boss. And so there's all kinds of temptations that just rush into our life all because we haven't stopped Talk about the negativity and how we affect it. It's impossible to have a positive life with a negative mind. So then you got to attack your mind. It says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It's punishing time for us. We've got to become ready to punish the enemy and begin to punish our mind. It says that we are to attack our mind. You have to understand there's thoughts that are coming in our life and you've got to decide what thought you're going to catch. It's always, it's like dodgeball. If I had a dodgeball, I would Throw an example on the stage. It's like dodgeball. It's like you've got to dodge those thoughts that take you away from the mind of Christ. And then that good stuff that God is saying that you are an overcomer, that you are more than enough, that you're the head and not the tail, that greater is he that is he that is in you, that is he that is in the world. When you understand, you catch those thoughts. And guess what? The devil's out. The devil's out. And you keep catching the thoughts. But if you keep catching the balls that are, are negative and it's feeding this thing for you, then all of a sudden you're going to be out. So you've got to know what thoughts you're going to catch. I'm never going to get out of debt. You just caught a thought. 
And you said it. You said it. I'm doing it wrong. I caught a thought. I'm never going to get out of debt. My son and daughter is never going to get their life together. You caught another thought. You know, I, I, I'm never going to have a happy marriage. Caught a thought. And you begin to catch all of this negative thoughts. And you're trying to figure out why is life so heavy? And you're carrying, you're carrying all these thoughts that is against the will of God for your life. And you no longer are even trying to have the mind of Christ. You're just carrying the thoughts. I know this is just a Sunday school lesson today. Y'all know I'm just not the, I'm not the shouting type of preacher. I, I, I love shouting, preaching. But I've, I have sat in the pew with a lot of great preaching. But I've left exactly the same. And I'm just not going to be one that's just going to just hype it up. I mean, if I could ever like throw down with an organist, I'd probably do that. If I could do that for real, and y'all would look at me like, what's Pastor Kelly trying to do? I would try it. But here's, here's six ways real quick. I'm just going to just, that you got to attack your mind. Is number one, you got to accept responsibility for your thoughts. You got to accept the responsibilities. Nobody's fault. But your own fault. You've got to accept the responsibility. You have, to, you have to have the ability to exercise control over your thought life. God warned Cain to focus his mind on the right things, but Cain chose to think about the wrong things. And he allowed anger and jealousy to kill his brother because he focused on the wrong things. Accept responsibility for your thoughts. Your mind, not just your behavior, must change. Your mind, because a lot of times we're just trying to fix our behavior and we need to fix our behavior. But unless our mind, our mind is going to feed our behavior. And until we understand that unless my mind is renewed, unless my mind is corrected, my behavior is just going to stay the same. And you're beating yourself up and you're thinking, why can't I get out of the cycle of sin in my life? It just may be because your mind isn't renewed. It may just be because you just got some stinking thinking. You just got some stinking thinking. Your mind, not just your behavior change. Number three is think through your problems rather than just react to them. How many knows that many times our reactions is what gets us a lot of chaos in our life? And so think through. We got problems. I got problems. We got problems. We never promised we weren't going to have them. But but how are we reacting to the problems? The more temptation to react outside the nature of the will of God for your life, you've got to make sure that we're responding and reacting that's conducive with the will of God for our life. Number four is take your disabling thoughts captive through confession. 
because here's the thing. The enemy just wants to keep our thoughts disabling, shutting us down, shutting down our, predict, our productivity in life, shutting us down from trying to get up and make something of our, of, of our day. It, it is trying to disable our life. And you've got to take your disabling thoughts captive through confession. Romans 12, 21, Paul says, take captivity of every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Make it obedient to Christ. So we have to confess, God, I am not taking my thoughts and I'm not allowing myself to become in obedience to you. Because bad thoughts are disobedient to Christ. And then number five is choose to focus your thoughts on the right things. It says this in Philippians, we've read it throughout the month. Think about whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely. If it be any good report, be any praise, think on these things. You've got to think. I've got to think on these things. Think on the things and train your brain with prayer. Train your brain with prayer. I read this. Uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf said this. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. That's pretty powerful. That's powerful. That it can be, it can actually change. You can actually on a brain scan show your mind and your brain healthier just by praying. Just, just by a, a, a pattern of prayer in our life. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Because we know that our mind is often trying to rob us of who we are in Christ. I want to read a letter, an email from Melissa. She wrote this to me. She goes, I just wanted to thank you and Holly again for your prayers and encouraging words during my recent illness. As you know, about a month ago, I started experiencing unexplained pain in my stomach that led to not being able to hold food and that led to even more scarier symptoms. And I went to the doctor only for them to tell me I probably just had a bug, but since I was 50 now, I probably should get a colonoscopy just to be safe. During that time, my symptoms continued to not improve but only get worse. I lost my appetite and that is something that never, ever happens to me. Instead of turning to the word, I turned to Google. Sure, I prayed and I read my Bible some, but I searched the internet for answers. And the worse my symptoms became, the only thing that filled my mind was doom and gloom. Three weeks, three weeks had gone by with no change, and I'd convinced myself that I was terminally ill. I got all the tests done. Initially, nothing major was found, but uh, biopsies and other tests were needed. And as I waited, my mind continued to get the best of me. And I said, maybe they missed something. Maybe I didn't have one type of terminal illness, but maybe it was another type of terminal illness. I was miserable to be around. My husband encouraged me and continued to tell me I was fine and that he had no doubt that nothing was wrong with me. Other family and friends did the same. I couldn't see past it. Where was my faith? I just knew everybody was wrong. Something was seriously wrong with me and you couldn't convince me otherwise. 
I reached out to you for prayer. And you read scripture over me, some on healing, but some on fear, because I think even you knew that was the main issue. And you prayed over me and you asked God to bring my appetite back that I would begin to get a grumbling stomach again. And you prayed that we wouldn't even need a doctor's report, but that God would take care of it. And I'll be honest, even then I had doubts. That evening, my family and I went to dinner and I surprised myself at how much I ate. Still, the doubt was there. I probably wouldn't be able to hold the food down, but I did. The next morning, I craved coffee, something I haven't craved in three weeks. By mid-morning, my stomach was growling and my appetite was back. I ate and I felt completely normal. In the past week, I received all the results. Everything was negative. Everything was fine. It says... Everything was negative and I had just a mild inflammation probably due to the infection. I feel so silly now thinking back on it. But the mind is so powerful. I appreciate you for speaking into me, for praying over me, and I thank God for complete healing and restored peace. Man. Melissa shared that. She was up here singing, all my life you have been faithful. This morning. All my life you have been so, so good. You can sing every breath. With every breath that I am able, that I will sing of the goodness of God. It's amazing to me how we have this promise of the mind of Christ. If we could just get our mind out of the way. If we could just get our mind out of the way. Melissa, I want you to come up. I want you to sing that song. And I want her to sing over us today. Stand to your feet, everybody. And, and I, if you are battling in your mind, Maybe you're here and you go, I didn't even know, Kelly, I could have the mind of Christ. Well, ding, 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 ding. You just won a prize. You just won a prize. And, and I want to tell you that the battle you are facing in your mind, you don't have to battle it anymore. You don't have to battle it anymore. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, and we'll just let it, Melissa just lead it. I, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. Simple, simple question for an altar call. Do you have the mind of Christ? And have you lost your mind? Two questions. And if the answer to that is no, I want to invite you to come to this altar and I just want to pray with you. Nothing spooky is going to happen. I ain't going to push you down. Nothing like that. I just want to pray for you that you will get the truth of God's word and me too. And you know what? I, I can tell you there's been a long time since I've said you're doing it wrong because I realized I was poisoning my spirit, poisoning my soul because I kept 
declaring and speaking negativity over me. And it was all coming from my mind. So do you have peace today in your mind? Have you lost your mind? Do you have the mind of Christ? If the answer is no, come to this altar. I want to pray with you. And the reason why I come forth, you don't have to come forth. You can stay there. But I just think there's something connected to faith when you begin to walk, when you begin to step it out. So I want you, as Melissa sings it, just, just sing it out over the people. And I want you to come as we just worship together. You have been so... Just jump in. Yeah, yeah. Come on, if that's you. Oh, y'all good, y'all. Come on, say all my life. Come on, as you worship, let's just sing in all my life. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you just keep coming, keep coming. God, give us your mind of the goodness. Come on, lift up your hands and let's worship right now. Everybody say, all my life. All my life you have been You're so faithful, God. Yes, you are. Every breath that I every breath that I have made, I will oh, see I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God. Of the goodness in the bridge, Your goodness is running after me, day. Your goodness is running after, running after me. your goodness. Your goodness is running. With my mind laid down, I surrender now. Give you everything. With my mind, with my mind laid down, I give you everything. Your goodness, your goodness is running out. It's running I was going to just do what I do, and I was going to come down there and lay hands on your mind. But it's like the Holy Spirit stopped me. And just to encourage you, you're going to lay hands on yourself. Yeah. Just lay hands on yourself. So I want you, if you're here, if you're online, even in your... I just want you to put your head, your hand on your head. You may have to put both hands. Sometimes I got to put both hands. 
Sometimes I got to go front and back. <laughs> and I just pray this over you. Father, your word is true. Your word is true. And you said that we can have your mind. Jesus, you said we can have your mind. How much better my life would be if I could just have your mind. Give us your mind. Give us your mind, God. Help me to know that your mind is available to me, Jesus. And God, I take authority. I understand that I am in a war for my mind. And I pray that each and every one of us that have our hand on our head that there will be a warlike spirit that will rise up out of us to stop accepting what the enemy is putting into our mind, to stop being okay with the chaos in our mind, to, be, to stop being okay with the sleepless nights, to stop being okay with the depression, to stop being okay with the lack of peace, stop being okay with the worry and the fear and the, and the wonder, am I going to live or am I going to die? Is it, are they going to find something? God, I take authority over it right now. Everybody in this room begin to pray over your mind. I've, I've given you a little bit, but you pray. Open up your mouth and begin to pray over your mind. Do it now. If you don't know what to say, just say, God, help my mind. God, let me lose my mind today. Ooh, Jesus, let me lose my mind today. Let me lose my mind today. Teach me, God, to keep my mind under subjection of what your word says over my life. Teach me, God, to stop picking up language that's coming out of my mind that it's coming out of my mouth that is coming indirectly from my mind language that I'm speaking over my life speaking over my future speaking over my body speaking over my children speaking over my finances speaking over my marriage I refuse to speak negativity over my life that my mind is trying to we close off the other reservoir and we thank you for your living water that is feeding us today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Melissa your goodness your goodness sing that I'm gonna let you go in a minute but sing it's running after me with my life. Your goodness, your goodness is running All right. Just, just keyboard. Say all my life. Just before we leave, I just want you to sing voices only. All my life, you. 
beautiful. Just a little bit, Tony. All my life, yeah. All my life. You've been good, God. With every breath that I am able. Oh, I will see. I will sing of the good of the goodness just to the one of God. I just want to sing. I just want to read this scripture, and I just I, I was going to skip it, but I just I think this will be encouraging for all of us today. It it's it's kind of long. We have it for the screen. It's Ephesians the fourth chapter. I just want to jump to this. This is what Paul saying in Ephesians to the Ephesian church. He goes, "This I say, therefore." And testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their mind. Futility means pointlessness. The pointlessness of our mind. How many times are we walking through life and we got these thoughts that are just pointless? They serve no purpose for our life. He says, but you are to no longer walk in the pointless of your mind. And then down, I don't even know what verse it is, but down it, it says this, that you put off concerning, and maybe we can find it on the screen, that you could put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And here's the good part. This is what I'm stopping. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The, my mind has a spirit. And that's the only place that I found to where Paul references the spirit of the mind. And it immediately made me go back to my illustration where you got the spirit you got the soul where all that chaos is and you got the body so it lets me know that my mind is really controlling a lot of that but even even while i'm battling that the spirit is looking up at the mind going i'm still got you i i'm actually got a little bit of me in you <laughs> y'all see the illustration i've got a little bit of spirit even in your mind I just had to leave it with you with that but here's my prayer is let's activate the spirit of our mind there's a place it may be surrounded by all this stuff right now but you have the mind of Christ and the spirit of God leading you in your mind in Jesus name everybody said amen Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you.